Radio. We've got a jam-packed show. Uh, don't mention jam, Dave. It's too soon. Oh, yes. Uh, d- d- we've got a, a lemon curd-packed show for you today, listeners. Coming up, we've got a special scientific debate regarding the mysterious discovery on the moors. <laughs> Why do people keep saying on the moors? We haven't got any moors. Oh, I don't know, Fog. When bad things happen in rural areas, they always seem to happen on the moors. Anyway, we've also got our usual call-in and a very special segment that I myself have devised for a change. More will be revealed later on. Uh, but before that, we've got the news. Uh, 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 Fog, aren't you uh, forgetting something? What? No, I've got my trousers on already, Dave. Oh, uh, no, not that. Haven't you got something to say to the listeners? Oh. I've been strongly encouraged by my broadcasting partner and the local constabulary to apologise to you today for all the fun you had last week looting the town and whatnot. I'm very sorry that certain people feel the need to make me apologise for something I didn't do. If you feel there was any misdemeanour on my part in regards to the events broadcast on last week's show, then I'm very sorry about how wrong you are. I strongly disagree with any notion that I behaved improperly. I am also very sorry for the interruption this apology has caused to the show this week. There we are. I wiped my hands with it. Satisfied, Dave? Fog, that was not an apology. I said sorry, didn't I? Yes, many times, without actually apologising at all. Well, I didn't see why I should apologise. I was only doing a bit of acting. And besides, the residents really did enjoy themselves. You saw them smashing windows and jacking donk cows. Happy as Larry. Larry Tyrade, the human grenade? People went absolutely bananas. What about all the bad things that happened then, Fog? The looters robbed every shop in Lower Spittle. Yes, but they put it all back in the morning. It was all in good fun. I saw Minty Toother spend three days gluing all the broken glass back together. There's no harm done. What about poor old Jean? She's been crying for days after what happened to her cafe. Has she? What what did happen to her cafe? Absolutely nothing. Nobody touched it. Her food is so terrible they left it alone. She feels ostrich-sized from the community. Well, she is the size of an ostrich. Look, none of this is my fault. I didn't tell anyone to go looting. Well, let's see if the listeners agree then, shall we? Uh, later on, we'll be taking your calls, and we'd like you to answer the following question. Shouldn't Fogg apologise for his crimes? Or not? Oh, I see. Trying to turn the listeners against me, are you? Well, we'll see about that. I accept your call-in topic. I'll let the town be my judge and jury. And I'll get away scot-free, you see if I don't. Oh, that's settled then. Can we move on to the news now? News? Oh, yes, sir. News. You may recall the strange discovery made by Henrietta Nugget last week in the newly sprung mushroom forest. Uh, on the moors. Uh, that, combined with... Other factors uh, triggered a wave of panic amongst the populace. These objects were identified as a legless fish and a round inanimate melon. The town guard has officially stated there is no danger to the public and that people should continue their business as usual whilst investigations continue. There has been much speculation as to the origin of these creatures and we'll be covering some of those ideas and viewpoints later on in our grand guest debate. So stay tuned. In totally unrelated news, there has been a spate of baldings in Lower Spittle. People have been going to sleep with a full head of healthy hair and waking up the next morning with shiny pated bonces. Rumours and hard evidence point to the perpetrators being the Eggheads and Baldy People Society, who, due to a lack of hairy hats, otherwise known as wigs, have taken it upon themselves to restore the market to its former glory by shaving people's heads and stealing their hair. 
the spokesman for the society, had this to say on the matter. While it's true that the recent looting has led to a complete breakdown in the supply chain of wigs, I assure you that the Eggheads and Baldy People Society has nothing to do with a recent unfortunate Appalachian epidemic. In fact, our own research suggests that the missing hair may be becoming sentient, and is in fact rebelling against its owner's poor hygiene and stylistic abuse. In fact, our society would like to reach out and offer asylum to any affected shags, mops or thatches that are looking for a new home, as we have many members who can offer follicular fostering. It is pure coincidence that I currently have a mane like a lion when yesterday I shined like a bowling ball. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, I don't believe a word of it. But never mind. What was the last bit of news, Dave? Residents of the Wasteland are invited to the Western-themed town of Smiler's Gap, which has successfully undertaken a 24-hour, seven-day-week performance of Uncle Homer Get Your Gun, a brand-new immersive musical written by the town's lawman, known as the Sunshine Sheriff. The mechanical marshal is famed for successfully wrangling the town from being a run-down hole of misery, formerly known as Skunk Pit, into being the most rootin', tootin', and non-pollutin' beacon of happiness in the Wasteland. Mayor Stallion of Smiler's Gap got in touch with us to relay the following message. Smiler's Gap was recently officially recognised as the happiest town in the wasteland. Unfortunately, some of the residents weren't as overjoyed at the news as they should have been, in accordance with the official laws of the town, set down by the Sunshine Sheriff himself. Uh, consequently, the offending residents have been enrolled into the Wasteland's first happiness rehabilitation program, and I think you'll find all the results to be astounding. To prove this, we invite the citizens of the Wasteland to visit our wonderful town and see for yourselves the effect of this program on our prime offenders, uh, for the very small price of two tins of beans per person. Uh, no discounts. However, listeners, I smelled a cat when I heard this story, and we've managed to contact one of these so-called happiness offenders, and this is what they had to say about the performance. There's no way that I would ever say that the punishments didn't fit the crime, nor would I ever criticize the sheriff for being a twisted authoritarian robot with corrupted programming, nor would I disagree with his ongoing plans to turn this town into a living fairground ride, and I would never complain about his so-called violent tendencies towards anyone with a downturned mouth or a frown. We all smile here, all of the time. Now, excuse me, I have to sing my part in today's 12th matinee performance of Uncle Homer Get Your Gun. Uncle Homer Get Sea Fog? That person seemed very happy. Sounds like the Sunshine Sheriff and I are cut from the same cloth. We're both on a mission to spread joy and happiness to the wastes. Yes, well, the difference is that you don't beat people up if they're unhappy. You just beat their ears with your incessant cheeriness. Oh. The Sunshine Sheriff is nothing but an authoritarian bully. And I bet his show is rubbish too. 24 hours? Nobody can pull that off. Unless... Hmm. Oh, whoa, 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 no, folk, folk, no, 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 no. Ah, I can see where this is going. You're not to try and put on a 24-hour live show. It's a ridiculous idea. Well, you didn't think it was such a stupid idea when the sheriff did it. Yes. Yes. Yes, it would be easy. I just need a large script and a gaggle of musicians and we'll get the whole town singing and dancing by the end of the week. How are you going to do that? Nobody wants to get involved in your theatrical schemes anymore. Not after the charity parkour opera. That was bad enough. And then your improv riot last week really was the straw that sucked the caramel out. Uh, it wasn't my fault that fiddling on the roofs didn't hit the right notes with a stupid audience. No, but you managed to hit the audience with pretty much every roofing tile you stepped on. Well, this time it'll be different. My 24-hour show will attract everyone's attention, and nobody will want to be left out. Why's that? 
Well, as an incentive, I'll, um, um, I'll cut the water supply to the town unless everyone joins in. It's for their own good in the long run. Well, as long as you're not being authoritarian about it. Anyway, it's time for an advert. Oh no, my pet hippo crab has laid a thousand eggs. They're going to overrun me bathroom. Who could I ask for expert advice on the right kind of enclosure? Do, Do it, it yourself. yourself! Oh, the other people in the village won't speak to me because of my naturally occurring stench. I need a companion who will listen to my wild conspiracy theories about the cardboard manufacturing process and put up with my terrible odour. Who can help me find an animal with huge ears and no nose? Do it yourself! I like putting naughty people in cages! Uh, animals, my lord. Yes, yes, yes. I like to put naughty people in animals. Or, I mean cages. Oh, you know what I mean. Anyway, I've run out of room. Where can I get more cages to put my prisoners in? I mean... My furry prisoners. Zoo it yourself, wholesale menagerie. Zoo it yourself's wholesale menagerie is your one-stop shop for all your animal welfare needs. Come down to our warehouse in Lower Spittle to check out our full range. From pets to livestock, we've got everything to suit everyone. From socially inadequate wannabe bad boys to lonely old biddies, we've got hundreds of animal combinations to suit your lifestyle. Yes, you heard that correctly. We can splice any two organic creatures with our brand new ancient genetic recombinator. Just don't ask where we got it. Do it yourself, Wholesale Menagerie. This week we've got special offers on our recycled nutrition blocks. Only two tins per kilo. It's buy one, get one free on electrostatic behavior modifier. And why not pick up one of our hot new animals, the Flame Mango. Impress your neighbors with the latest flammable vaginal combination. Only five tins of beans per egg. We've got cages, food, and the latest gadgetry. It's do-it-yourself wholesale menagerie. Hello! Ah! Bloody hell, Fodal Block, you always wake up when we least expect it. What do you want? I want Fluffball Animal Chum from Advert. What? Have you eaten what we got you last week? Not for two. I swim alone on Mind Ocean. Thought projector, no work on squishy teeny box men. Density of brain carapace, thick like brick. What? I don't understand a bloody word you're saying. Hang on. Uh, Albert? Albert, get in here. What do you want? Uh, tell us what he wants. I want small fur-faced friend, but not chew toy. Rude human mind receiver, kaput. Only hear inside voice. External block by idiot. Want friend who stands under me. Albert? Uh, he wants a pet because he thinks you're too dumb to understand him. And I agree, it's not that hard. Anyway, he's tried using his telepathy on you, but it ain't working. But he reckons he could have a chat to a pigoose or some other animal like that. I don't know. Is that right, my big green friend? Toilet man hit head with nail. Oh, he says that's right. Can I go now? Yes, yes, bugger off. And no, Flibblespot, we're not getting you a pet. You'll only eat it when you get bored. Oh, come on, Fog. Might do him some good. No, no, I'm putting my foot down. Stupid rude tinny box man. I put foot down on you, squishy head, if can find it. Yes, whatever. Now pipe down or I'll put the sheet on you. Right, okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, next up is our grand guest debate. Guest debate. Guest debate. Welcome to the grand guest debate. I'm your host for this segment, David Dave Davidson, and this week's topic is very uh, topical. We'll be discussing the meaning and origin of the ancient dead fish and round inanimate melon that were found up on the moors. 
we've got two guests here on opposing sides of the debate. In the red corner, we have a familiar voice to you listeners in the form of grubby naturist Chris Packett. He has some very interesting ideas on the origins of these species. Hi, Dave. Great to be back, but uh, I don't see why I've been put into a red corner. Is this to do with... In the blue corner, we have Dr Sally Sausage from the General Institute of Technology and Science, who takes exception to Crisp's ideas and has a more scientific take on the discovery. Great to be on the show. I'm not sure why you've given me knee pads for this debate, but I'm ready to discuss vigorously. Oh, and let's not forget our gallant referee, my good friend Foglamp von Krampus III. He'll be making sure the participants play fair and don't break any of the rules. Be very careful, I have a scroll full of very pernickety rules, and if you break them, there will be consequences. So, let's crack on. In the first round of the debate, our participants will have to put across their arguments while standing one-legged on a stool and trying to knock each other off with nothing but a wet lettuce. Get ready for the lone-legged lettuce launch. Who comes up with this rubbish? Me, Fog. I did. Uh, oh, yes. What? I, I thought we were just going to have a chat. Well, you are, amongst other things. <laughs> okay, Queen Berry's rules. Remember, no hitting below the belt and no hitting in the eyes if they are open. They are fair game if they are closed. As a veganimal expert, I know that lettuces can be rather dangerous. I'm not sure... Don't worry, they've had all their teeth removed. Dave's insistence, more's the pity. Well, we don't want anyone to lose an eye in the first round. Is everybody ready for the first question? I suppose so, but I'm not really... Um, great. Lettuce, commence. Okay, so, Crisp, you first. Where do you think the mysterious fish and melon came from? I don't I don't feel very stable on here, um, um, but I'll try to answer your question. The shark and the melon are very strange bedfellows, and they appear to have manifested in a deceased state. If we consider these two things on their own, they make no sense. But there is a far more obvious and chilling explanation for this that has been overlooked by the scientific community. Ladies and gentlemen, consider the humble garden variety shark melon. Oh my gosh, a shark melon! Uh what do you mean? What Crisp is trying to say is that he hasn't done any research. Our scientific findings show no relation between the shark and the melon and the shark melon. Crisp, he's calling you a bad researcher. What do you say to that? Fog, you're just the referee. That's my bit. But she calls herself a scientist but ignores all of the evidence. I don't care what research you've done if it ignores the most basic of observable facts. I believe that the shark and the melon were once one veg animal, probably a common shark melon. Something has had a retromutagenic effect on their genetic structure and caused them to revert back to a pre-mutated state. Oh, come on, Crisp. You can't hide behind your long, complicated words, your retrospeculative whatever. You are hiding your non-argument in flowery language. The truth of the matter is that we can't know for certain why they got there, but we can know for certain that it isn't by the way that you said. For example, they could have been dropped there by a romantic seagull. Or they could have fallen off the back of a travelling museum wagon that passed through only a few weeks ago. Who knows? Do we even know if this is a melon? It could be just a giant apple. And this shark? Is it really a shark? It has all the characteristics of a, a, a particularly ugly mermaid, after all. Right, neither of you have scored any points yet because you haven't hit each other with your lettuces. Come on, get brawling! Really, Sally, those are utterly ridiculous explanations, not worthy of a scientician. I've been studying the remains for weeks, and I've got a further hypothesis as to how the genetic split occurred. I think the Sharpman's DNA was corrupted by none other 
than the giant mushroom forest. <laughs> Ow! Ah, first point to the science lady. Lovely swing, madam. That's the biggest load of donko eggs I've ever heard. Uh, scientifically speaking, that is. Those mushrooms represent a magnificent opportunity to end hunger in the wasteland. There's absolutely no reason to suggest that there's any danger associated with consuming those delicious fungal morsels. I've done literally nearly an hour of studying the effects and have come to the conclusion that they're as tasty as... About time, one all. The feisty naturist has hit back. Ten seconds left. Well, well, bloody have it. Ah, minus a point. He broke my pile of empty wine bottles. It's going to turn them into a chandelier. That's it, Dave. End of round one. And after a timid opening, Dr. Sassage takes the first round of the guest debate with a full-on facial lettuce launch. Okay, that's it for round one. Uh, whilst Chris Packett removes the rather angry lettuce from his face, we'll set up for round two. So, Sally, how do you feel about winning round one? I'm elated. I can't wait to win round two. Ugh. Yeah, I bet your sponsors will be elated too. Scientists my ass. Wait, wait, no debating outside of rounds. Are we ready for the next one, Dave? Uh, yes, we are. Round two is Swing to the Beat. Yes, a music round. I'm going to wipe the floor with you. Well, there is music involved. But no, both of you, back on your stools. Now, look above you and you'll see a long light. Now, be very careful not to touch the bulb and reach up and grab hold of the bulb holder. Now, when the round starts, the stools will be removed. The last person holding onto the light will be the winner. Don't look at the light or you'll be blinded. <laughs> Are you ready? A three, a two, a three. Dave, will you... Uh... And debate. Oh, well, as I was saying before, I think the mushrooms has something to do with this genetic split. Here's my evidence. The mushrooms were found in the mushroom forest. No, they weren't. They were on the moors. <laughs> the mushrooms are on the moors. Second point, there were many teeth marks in the stalks of the giant mushrooms. My measurements indicated that they were from the mouth of a single common sharp melon and the number of bite marks showed that this sharp melon must have been eating the stalks for many weeks. I bet that was you, you, you greedy mushroom stealer. You liar. You know I'm allergic to the mushrooms. Well, well, perhaps it was a pair of rogue dentures. What, buying on their own? What, you've never heard of rogue dentures? Uh, they may cause havoc in rural communities. Well, that's not an argument. <laughs> right, that's the buzzer gone and you're both still hanging up. Now we must move into sudden death. Bring out Captain Birchai. What? What's going on? We can't have any deaths on air fog. You promised this would be safe. Wait. Is that Albert? Shh, Dave, he's in disguise. Like <laughs> uh, Captain Birchai is here to determine the winner of the round through the medium of uh, 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 wildly swinging his stick. Don't worry, he's been properly blindfolded in the interests of impartiality and ethical gamesmanship. Will you two hurry up? What are you talking about? What have you blindfolded me? Where are these two rice pudding steers you caught rifling through me bedroom? It's about time I taught the boogers a lesson. Never mind all that, Albert. I mean, uh, 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 Captain Birchai. Just go that way and swing. Oh, here he comes. There he comes. Oh, 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 me. Oh, no, go that way. Go that way. Oh, ah. No, no, I'm the referee. You keep debating. Take that. Oh, and take that. And that. Where are you? Oh! 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 Oh
Oh, 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 I bet you're enjoying this. Oh, 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 he'll be fine. It's how he normally escapes the studio when some band he's insulted comes looking for him. Well, I think he normally opens the window first. Uh, well, I think we'd better have an advert while we get this cleared up. Albert! Albert! Oh. Albert! Stop lying around! Mum! What's for dinner? Well, your father's been laid off from working in the shoehorn factory. Oh, there's, there's no market for musical shoes anymore, Marjorie. That means we're going to have to make do with runner beans. Get your shoes on quick. They're already trying to jump out of the pan. Oh, Mum! One, two, three, and go! Come back, dinner! Oh, I wish there was an easy way to make dinner for my family. Oh, that's like Blame me again, I don't know. Who are you? Don't despair, madam. Here at Harry Hedgeman's Fun Guys Family Food Farm, we've been working on a range of different ready-made mushroom meals at affordable prices for even the lowliest of paupers. Our mushroom meals are made with only the finest cuts of mushroom flesh from our ethically sound mushroom farm. Our special mushrooms have been scientifically proven to be nothing but good for you. There are no known toxins and are 100% natural. We even got scientific experts to verify my claims for only a small fee. Just ask this expert from the General Institute of Technology and Science. Hello. I'm Dr. Professor Ology Sally Sausage. I'm a scientist, and I can categorically state that Harry Hedgeman's claims aren't not valid. There you go. Proof that there's nothing wrong with these mushrooms. So, to all you haters, I say, see you laters. Buy Harry Hedgeman's Fun Guys family meals in your local market square today. Hooray! Oh, bloody great. Welcome back to the show, listeners. We're ready for the final round of the grand guest debate. Uh, the round was going to be the guzzling gauntlet, but our guests will be sad to hear that we've had to change it to the quick-fire question round. Not our fault, I'm afraid. Uh, you can all point your fingers at the health and safety. Yes, health and safety. Lower Spittle's latest out-of-town busybodies, constantly interfering in a Spittolian's right to singe his guests. They need to just leave us alone. If I had half a chance, I'd give them a piece of my mind, so I would. Really? Well, he didn't say anything when they were here, telling you off with their clipboards. You just hid under your desk, cowering. Well, yes. Wait, wait, wait. No, I was nonchalantly cutting my toenails. I always cower under my desk when I have to cut my toenails. Don't you know it's dangerous to walk around with long toenails, Dave? It's against regulations. Anyway, I'm very disappointed they made me drop that round. It took me a whole hour to set up all the barrels and pools and flamethrowers and whatnot. It was dangerous, Fog. Well, it wasn't real gasoline. It was merely flammable vaginimal oil. Anyway... We've got our contestants ready, sitting opposite each other at the table of conflict. Dave will be asking the questions, and each contestant must buzz in when they know the answer. If they get the answer right, they will be able to make their first point in the guest debate. If they get it wrong, it gets passed to the next contestant. Unfortunately, there's no danger in this round, which personally, I think is a mistake. Are you ready to begin? Yes! Then welcome to Take a Point, Make a Point. Let the round begin! Okay, first question. What's the most common phrase spoken when one is disgusted? Uh, it... Well, we'll have to give you that one, Crisp, uh, but the correct pronunciation is 
But I'll allow for regional variations. Oh. Right, Crisp, you've taken a point. Now make a point. OK, thanks, Dave. Well, the main point to my argument is that the mushrooms aren't of this earth. We all heard the Martians talking about their special mushrooms native to the red planet. We know that they altered their DNA and caused them to live for hundreds of years. The mushroom forests have sprouted right around the Gordon Warden Memorial Crest site, and that is no coincidence. If my theory is correct, and I do have the evidence to back it up, it has caused the sharp melon's DNA to split into two constituent parts, and there's nothing to stop it doing the same to your children. Oh, well done, Crisp. A very good point. Well made. Now, next question. <clears throat> How do you work out the right angle of a triangle? Uh, 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 hypotenuse squared equals A squared plus B squared. Um, I'm afraid I don't understand your answer, Crisp. <laughs> so I'll have to pass it to Sally. What? But, uh... uh... You look at the wrong angles and you choose the one that isn't them. Uh, well, as a scientist, I presume you are correct. Uh, one point to Sally. You've taken a point. Now make your point. Oh, what is this shit? You all heard the advert for Fun Guy's Family Food Farm. They've got scientific evidence which proves that the mushrooms are perfectly safe to eat. I'm afraid Crisp is nothing but a jealous saboteur, probably in the pay of the Anti-Mushroom League, a secret shadowy cabal dedicated to suppressing the health benefits of these miracle mushrooms. And I think he takes care How dare you! You're talking utter nonsense! There's no shadowy cabal! Everything I said is based on fact. I just need one final piece of evidence. Stop it, Chris. Stop it. Be quiet. You're breaking the buzzer. Look, he's just making things up as he goes along. If you're so sure, Crisp, then what's this final evidence? I want to do a full DNA analysis on the shark and the melon. Let's take them to do-it-yourself wholesale menagerie. I heard them say on that advert that they've got a recombinator. If we put in the shark and the melon and they turn back into a shark melon, then that proves it. Hem, Crisp. Not your turn to talk. Right, stop. Everyone stop. I need to fix Crisp's buzzer. Dave, why don't you, uh... uh no problem, Fog. Um, anyway, Crisp, uh, that's a great idea. Maybe we can meet up and discuss your results tomorrow when we go and get Poodle Spring a pet. Uh, plus, we're short of material, so that'll fill half an hour on the show or so. Uh, what a stroke of luck that we played that advert on today's show. And if any of you out there would like to advertise on our show, then just drop us a line at the old SSRA studios near Lois Pittle. Radio advertising. Speak to the masses without paying through your asses. How are you getting on, Fog? Nearly there. I hit the right bloody number on this one. I just need to... Oh, ow! Okay. It's ready. It's ready. Carry on, Dave. Oh, right, okay. <clears throat> uh, uh, question number three. Before the Big Bangs, what was the largest state of America? Ow! I'm sorry, Crisp. You've buzzed, so you'll have to answer. Oh, Alaska. Oh, you can't ask a crisp. <laughs> She's your opponent. Oh. No conferring allowed. I'll have to pass it on to Sally. Uh, what was the largest state of America? Um, solid or liquid? Maybe gas? All three. Correct. You've taken a point. Now make a point. Chris Packett is a hypocrite. He says he's an environmental champion, but I saw him polluting the river. What? No, you didn't. I did. I saw him have a dump off the bridge into the river spit. Uh, well, we all do that, Sally. <laughs> it is the shitting bridge, after all. Well, when no one's looking, he stamps on tomatoes. Oh! Ow! Oh, that, that, that's a lie. He's lying. And he draws rude faces on the katsumas in the market, and he puts them back. Ow! Oh, that's rubbish. I saw him fart into the biscuit tin in Jean's cafe. No, I did not. Oh! Ah, quick, Steve. Oh! Oh, no, wait, 
Hey, crisp. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you uh, <laughs> certainly are crisp now. One point to Sally. Um, um, yes, yes. So that's uh, one point to Sally, uh, and that's the game. Uh, and with her superior debating skills, uh, Sally Sausage is the winner. Oh, marvelous! Harry will be pleased. Uh, what do I win? A sense of pride and accomplishment. And you get to keep all of your hair. Oh. Unlike Crisp. <laughs> uh, luckily, the wig shop will have reopened soon. But wait, wait, wait. She didn't make any points. She just blustered and lied throughout the debate. Oh, isn't that how you win debates? Yes, it's in the historical records. Just shout and scream and you'll win for the team. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is ridiculous. Look, let me prove it once and for all. Come down with me to the Do It Yourself Wholesale Menagerie and I'll show you. Uh, we were going to go anyway. Uh... Well, fine. It'll be a bit of filler on next week's show. Now that's the end of the grand guest debate, so bugger off, will you? We've got a show to do. I'll show you, Sally Sassage. You see. Come on, come on, both of you. Come on, oh, out. But I'm out. a winner. Oh, out, out, out. Out. Be, be, be careful, no, you can't. Come on. Out. And you, Chris. Come on. We're going, we're going. Out you go. Right. Oh. Yeah, on my way, Sally. There. <sighs> well, that was a roaring success, wasn't it, Fog? <laughs> If you think that was a success, you should just wait until my marvellous, miraculous marionette marketing course. <laughs> if you don't have one, you can buy one for me. Oh, no strings attached. Well, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to that. Uh, anyway, uh, what's next? Uh, I think we have our very special guest. Oh, not yet! It's the call-in fog, remember? We want you to tell us whether you think Fog should apologise for his actions last week. Oh, okay. Call-in. So, first up, we've got Anita Steelmore. Hello, Anita. And why do you think Fog should apologise? Well, he should apologise for cutting it short. It's been ages since we had such a good time as a family, since the fun-filled chaos of the Baron's wedding. This time was equally marvellous, looting shops and causing mayhem. It wore the kids right out. It was brilliant. Why, thank you, Anita. I'm so glad you had a wonderful time. It is my purpose in life to entertain and to thrill, so I'm glad you appreciated my high art. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, don't you think you should apologise for all the property damage? Well, none of the stuff we took home was damaged, so don't know what you're talking about, if I'm perfectly honest. No, oh, next caller. Uh, next up is Gene uh, from Jean's Cafe and Roofing Supplies. Yeah, bollocks. Uh, hello, Mr Fogg. Hello, Dave. Gene, why do you think Fogg should apologise? I understand you were a bit upset about last week's events. What happened? I can't remember. I just wanted to talk about that man fluffing into my biscuit tin. Oh, yes, he's the one who should be apologising, shouldn't he, Dean? Well, actually, they've never been fresher. I just wanted to say thank you very much, and you're welcome to come back and guff over all of my lovely food any time you like. Well, that might get you a few more customers, Dean. Could only improve your tar and ash bourbons, eh? Well, I have been looking for a special ingredient. Gene, what about the riots last week? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. It was a bad batch of soup. Did not mean for a riot to happen. Um, well, thank you, Gene. Goodbye. <laughs> well, that was that. Who's next? Uh, it's Henry Flexion. It's Henri Flexion. Unlike the others, I do want Fogg to apologise. I want him to apologise for ruining the reputation of my restaurant. What? 
I don't know what he's talking about, Dave. Don't listen to a word he says. It is true. Last week, this silly little man came into my restaurant falsely dressed as a waiter. Uh, firstly, when delivering plates to the tables, he began snaffling morsels en route. Uh, don't listen to him, Dave. I was only eating the leftovers. Madame Potpourri hadn't even finished her gravy with gravitas before he tucked in with the tablecloth as a bib. Oh, that was a magic trick. I was making it disappear. I think you're mistaking my performance art for thievery. You should be thanking me for elevating the entertainment value in your poxy restaurant. <gasps> the god facade does not need the bumblings of a buffoon to entertain. The cuisine is enough. Since your performance, we have lost half our customers. We lost a Michelin tire thanks to you. Well, maybe Jean pilfered it and cooked it. I take no responsibility for the diminishing reputation of your stupid restaurant. Now piss off. <gasps> there we are, Dave. I've fully apologised, and that's the last I'll hear of it. Well... If that's the best we're going to get. Anyway, Fog, it's time for another advert before our final segment. Hey, We haven't got another advert. We've done them both. Uh, 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 why don't you say a few words or something, eh? You've always wanted to be a radio DJ, haven't you? Oh, yes, I say few words. A few to sprout, word I say, thinking of today. Hooray! Uh, dum dum dum. That, that is called a theme of feudal sprout. Hello! You listeners, so rude, I crack my ear listen to complain. Hear thought of day, and you'll be happy. Once within a time, I was big, scary, green man, and no one give me time of day. Then lucky thing happen. I eat my best friend DJ and get exploded. Now I am big green head, speaking on tinny boxes all over land. If can happen to me, can happen to you too. So remember, if life give you lemon, demand better fruit. Now, thank you, disgusting human. Um... Thank you, Flipper's Mouth. You've given us all something to think about. Yes, mostly what the hell you're going on about. Anyway, it's time for our final segment. Welcome to Knock Knock. Yes, this is the part of the show where we give one lucky member of the public an emotional roller coaster ride through their own life story by reuniting them with friends and family from their past. And remember, folks, our lucky guest has no idea why they're here uh, or what's in store for them. Uh, so be ready for some happy memories, and I'm sure we'll all shed a tear or two. Just in time. Here she comes up the path. Red delivery. Naha. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Granny Blanket. Lower Spittle's favourite old lady and premium baker. What? What's going on? Did you order 12 loaves? Uh, yes, we did. Uh, but we don't want to eat them. Surprise! We really ordered you. What? I, I don't understand. Ah, it's quite simple, Granny. You thought you were here to deliver bread. But instead, we've got a whole slew of surprises in store for you. Take a seat and prepare to be interviewed. This is your past. Oh, well, I don't mind if I do. My poor old feet. So, Granny, tell us about your early life. Well, there's not much to say, really. I was quite young as a child, until I grew up. And that was it, really. Bread has been my life. I've just been chasing the dough ever since. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, I settled here in Lower Spittle. People have been so kind to me, and it's been a pleasure providing their daily sustenance. What? Uh, and that's it? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. I've got to go now. I have other deliveries to make. No! Uh, sit down! We've got special guests and all sorts of surprises. Haven't we? Yes, yes. In fact, speaking of your childhood, Granny, I think a... Surprise will be forthcoming any second. Oh, hark! Is that a knocking I hear? Uh, it's 
coming from that cleaning cupboard over there. That's the green room. And, and cleaning cupboard. Oh, why do you call it the green room? Oh, Albert spilt some chlorine in there the other day. Answer it then, Dave. Uh, here we go, Granny. It's your first surprise guest. <coughs> it's none other than Flacida Vertebrate, your childhood friend. Th who's that? I don't know who this is. Oh, you remember me all right. You used to bully me. You used to take all my sweeties. I didn't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. You put super glue in my shoes when I was 11. Look, I'm still wearing them. Do you know how embarrassing it is wearing children-sized crocs to your own wedding? Do you? I don't know any Thesida vertebrate, originally from Manchester, now living at 24 Compass Street, Chipping Spudbury. Oh, how do you know where I live? I just said I don't. Maybe the person you are mistaking me for couldn't care less about what happened in the past, and maybe you should forgive and forget, lest something really bad happens to you. Oh, oh maybe you're right. Uh, I'll just... Uh, I'll be going now. Oh, is that my bread? Goodbye. Oh, well, that didn't go as expected. Uh, you did get the right list, didn't you? Yes, yes, I stole it from a bedside table. A list of names and addresses, look. Uh, what have you got there, young man? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> anyway, so after your childhood, you had your first job in a bank. Isn't that right, Granny? Uh, sort of. Well, get ready for surprise number two. <coughs> it's Ernest Clark, manager of the Bean Bank of Brickland. That's the one, officer. That's her. Ah, you gave her her first job, isn't that right? No, no, you misunderstood. I was her first job. Her first bank job. In she came, screaming, guns blazing, shooting holes in the ceiling. Everyone was terrified. She took us for every last legume. Oh, I did have a bit of a, a wild youth, I admit, but I've never robbed a bank. Perhaps you're mistaking me for someone else. What on earth would a person like me want with a thousand tins of beans? Build a criminal empire? <laughs> I just bake bread. Oh, it is you. Here's the wanted poster. Look. Well, it does look a bit like you, Granny. You seem to have a matching 12-inch scar across your face. Oh, that was the bread knife accident. You see, I got so angry when someone was lying about me that I started waving it around. Someone usually gets hurt when I'm angry. <laughs> Getting a little bit angry now, actually. Oh. Oh, I see. Oh. <laughs> What's this in my bread basket? Oh, it's the very same bread knife. What a coincidence. Um, I think, um, I think I'd better leave too. No, no, wait, you haven't got your complimentary loaf. Oh, this really isn't going as expected. <laughs> well, uh, the first two guests were duds, but I'm sure this one will be a great surprise. Uh, you haven't seen him for 20 years. It's your long lost brother who refused to give his name. Bernard! Been a long time, Melissa. Remember me? I remember you screaming to the guards, saving your own skin after the underpants heist. That score would have seen a set for life. You dropped your knickers pretty quick and ran. Screaming to the guards? You're the no-good scene-stealing, double-crossing dirty rat. You're the one who stabbed me in the back for a pack of G-strings and a pair of nipple tassels. Yeah, well, you had it coming to you, you big snitch. You were the one who set me up. Don't think I don't know who sent all those goons after me all these years. 
But let me tell you, I put paid to every single one of them. Well, this time, I'll finish the job myself. Holy mother, is that a gun? No, no, we, we, we don't want any... <laughs> See you in hell, Bernard, you dirty bastard. Listeners, she had a shotgun hidden in a very long loaf of bread. You'll never beget this conversation. Murder! Murder live on air! Everybody hide behind the desk! Fabulous zinger, though. Ah, uh, quit your whining. I'm not coming after you. In fact, you've done me a favour. All those years trying to fit in, going on the straight and narrow, trying to make up for all the bad things I did, while you've showed me that a Leonard can't change its pots. I'm going to close the bakery and get back to my true life. Being a hitman. Now you stay on the floor whilst I make my escape. <laughs> oh my word! Look at the mess, Fog! I know, Dave. Brains everywhere. Well, what do we do? Uh, um, uh, uh, just, just, uh, just, let's just shovel it all into Vodelsprung's gullet and see if Albert will clean the rest. Oh. At least it wasn't our fault this time. Oh. I mean, your fault. Of course. <laughs> I need a very, very large glass of wine, Dave. Oh, 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 I suppose uh, that's it for this week, folks. We'll see you next week for a hopefully less violent affair as we visit the zoo-it-yourself wholesale menagerie. Oh, goodbye. Gamma Radio. Radio.